Our story today is in Mark chapter 2 and Luke chapter 5, but we have it in Matthew chapter 9. Now, I have preached from this text over the years, and I'm probably not exaggerating over a hundred times. I preach different sermons, different thoughts, different ideas from these four men that carried their sick apostate friend to Jesus Christ, broke up the roof, lowered him down to the feet of Jesus, and Jesus forgave him of his sins and healed him of his sick body. I use different titles like the man with 10 legs, or I preached a sermon called, So You Came to Church, The Roof Fell In, and The Preacher Didn't Shake Your Hand. Long title, but the title did more preaching than the sermon probably did. Preached a sermon on, Be of Good Cheer, Your Sins Are Forgiven. How to Fill the House, The House Was Full. Or maybe Jesus Cannot Be Avoided. Today, I want to share with you a different angle of this story. Uh, since we have so many theologians in here, I have to be careful. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 9, 1 through verse 8. And Jesus entered into a ship, leaving, of course, the demoniac of Gadara, and passed over and came into his own city, that's Capernaum. And behold, they brought to him a man sick, a palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick, a palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? For whether is it easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. Parenthesis, then saith he to the sick of palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house, and when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God which had given such power unto men. I want to use for a subject this morning, only God can do this. You may be seated. Only God can do this. You know, I'd like for that to be the theme of the tent revival. Only God can do this. I'd love for it to be the theme of the of this church the remainder of the year and into the next year so that we would stand in awe as we watch God move and say only God can do this. You know the story where there's a man sick of palsy and he had four men. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke, they took that man, the four friends, and carried him to Jesus Christ. The scripture says that when they could not get into the house, because of so many churchgoers, they went up on the roof and tore the roof off. The roof fell in. And they lowered the sick of palsy to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Wow, what a statement. 
Amen? Luke says in chapter 5 that Jesus looked at the man and said, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Man, come on, man. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Somebody didn't get, catch that at all. Come on, man. Luke knew what it was to say scripturally and powerfully, come on, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. So this is a tremendous miracle in which Jesus Christ performed. There are actually two miracles here. One, this man receives forgiveness of sin, the greatest miracle of all. And secondly, his healing of his physical body. I'm going to share some things with you today that I think will open your eyes to something that is, needs to be said. It needs to be said because God is a good, powerful, wonderful God. It needs to be said because God wants you to go to heaven. It needs to be said because God wants to forgive you of your sins. I am. Um, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. And if you don't have forgiveness in your heart, you're poisoned. I know people that get bitterness towards someone. And bitterness in your heart is like drinking poison, hoping the other guy drops dead. But there's something in your heart that's worse than just bitterness toward another person. It's your violation and transgressing against your Creator, God Almighty. Sin in one's heart. You can't deny it. You can't escape it. You must face it. And God will make us face that issue of sin in our lives. I'm glad that the Lord came into my life and saved me and gave me eternal life. Only God can do this. He turned me around. Only God can do this. He brought hope and joy and everlasting life into my soul. Only God can do this. Amen. I am so thrilled that we can look at some truths here that's very, very important. Jesus Christ, this is a, a surprising chapter, a surprising miracle. It's full of surprises. One of the big surprises is the roof fell in. Lame man, sick of palsy, lowered to the feet of Jesus. That was a surprise. I don't like interruptions in my preaching, but if faith is in it, if God is in it, then only God can do this. We will let God do and perform his miracle. Only God can do this. Three shocking truths I want to share with you today. Three shocking truths. The first shocking truth came to the four hardworking friends. They were shocked. Luke chapter 5 says there were four men. And they gathered up their friend and carried him to Jesus because they heard that Jesus was in the house. When they arrived to the house, the place was packed. No one could get inside. And the four men 
took their shikha palsy up on the roof, broke up the roof, and lowered the shikha palsy to the feet of Jesus Christ. And what happened next shocked the four friends. This is a shocking truth that the four friends got. It was healing wasn't the sick man's biggest problem or need. His sickness being healed was not his greatest need. Can you imagine when Jesus Christ turned to the sick of palsy and said, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Can you imagine the four guys saying, We didn't bring him over here for that. We brought him over here for spectacular miracle. Holy Ghost runaway. But Jesus says, your sins be forgiven thee. The shocking truth was the greatest need in their loved one's life was that he needed to be forgiven of his sins. Now, I don't, I don't even suggest, I'm not even hinting that this sick of palsy was sick because of his sin. I'm not saying that at all. But you may not be sick because of your sin. But I guarantee you, you've got some sin unless Jesus Christ has washed you clean and given you eternal life. Healing wasn't the sick man's biggest problem or need. So many times we focus on, well, I'd be happy if I had a million dollars. Well, I don't care whether I'm happy or not. Try me. Hello. But there's people that says, my problem would be solved if I could get rid of this wife or husband of mine. Well, you married her or you married him. Stick together. Amen. My wife has never even considered divorce. Maybe murder a couple of times, but never divorce. But the shocking truth is, so many times we want to focus on more money or if we could get out of the storm we're in, if we could get a better job, if we could find better things in our life, we could have a better car. If, you know, we think our big problem is out there tangible, but it's not our biggest problem. If you haven't received the free pardon of sin from Jesus Christ, your biggest problem is you're going to hell. If you're not saved, there's, you know, there's the, sa there's the saved and the, there, there's the saints and the ain'ts. Amen? The saints got it, the ain'ts ain't got it. But so many times we focus on the problem at hand, sickness in our body. But the sad truth is, there's going to be a lot of people go to hell with lots of Band-Aids on and Bengay all over them. <laughs> Come to church, put a Band-Aid on me, preacher, I hurt. Kiss my owie. Help me through. No, sir, no, ma'am, until you deal with your sin, you are going to hell. That's a pretty big Band-Aid, isn't it? Actually, that's surgery. You can only get by with Jesus Christ performing that 
you know, only God can do this. Amen. And I'm so glad that these four men discovered that the greatest thing, they worked hard. They sweat, they labored. They give their eight good legs to carry their friend who had two bad legs, which makes the man with ten legs. I just thought I'd say that because some of you won't even enjoy your dinner or lunch today if you didn't know what the ten-legged man was. So I'm trying to help you out a little bit. But we need to focus on the real need of mankind. The real need of America, the real need of our world governments is not peace treaties that they break. It is not more money to different fractions and, and war in different areas of the country. It's not new leadership even. The greatest need of our nation is we need to be forgiven of our sin. One by one, Jesus Christ needs to change each one's world heart. Each one lives in a world, and he needs his world or her world changed and forgiven of their sin. These four men worked hard to get their loved one to Jesus, and they lowered him down. And Jesus said, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Shout. Praise God. Give God glory. Your sins are forgiven. And I guarantee you, those hardworking men thought, that really wasn't my idea. We'll get to the conclusion because Jesus never allows you to leave. And if you do what's right, Jesus never allows you to leave his presence without being fully met and fully comforted and fully uh, charged with his presence. Luke chapter 5 says the house was filled with the power of God. The presence of God was there to heal everyone. And Jesus is teaching and preaching. And the power of God was there to heal everyone. But the power of God also was there to forgive everyone. To forgive everyone. I hear people say all the time, well, you know, if the Lord heals them, then they're automatically forgiven. Don't be lied to. There are pastors everywhere that says if they get healed, then they're saved. I, I had an evangelist come to my church one time. He said, well, I'm going to pray for the sick. And I said, well, offer an opportunity for people to be saved. He said, no, no, I'll pray for the sick. And I said, well, what about the lost people? He said, if they're healed, they'll be forgiven. And I said, uh, I think we're going to change evangelists next, next week. Because the greatest need is not our financial pocketbook. The greatest need is not physical healing in our body. The greatest need in our life is to be right with God, cleansed by the power of God, forgiven of our sins. But Jesus did not let those four friends leave disappointed. We'll see the rest of it in just a little bit. But I got to talk to you a little bit about something because no, not only were these four hardworking friends shocked that Jesus forgave the man of his sin, but we readers are shocked too. Say, preacher, what do you mean we are shocked? When you read this, you've got to be shocked. 
You say, well, why am I shocked, preacher? Because this man lying on his bed, sick of palsy, never asked for forgiveness. He never went and got baptized. He never met certain criteria. Jesus Christ just pulled out of the power of God and says, you're forgiven. Now, immediately we ask the question, how can he forgive sins? Well, the scribe said that. How can this man forgive sins? Only God. Only God can do this. They were right when they said that. Only God can do this. They said, this man speaketh blasphemy, meaning that Jesus has insulted God. Well, Jesus can't insult himself, and he's not going to insult his father. And with great power, Jesus Christ says to this sick of palsy, your sins be forgiven thee. Now, immediately someone says, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he would say to a sick man in a bed that there's no record that he repented, no record that he was baptized, no record that he, that he was even preached to. But yet, there's a forgiveness granted to this man. That shocks me. And some of you are saying, well, it shocks me so much, I don't even believe what you're saying. Well, you've got to understand that this man did not show any movement. It was the four friends that said, thy faith has made thee whole. He didn't say thy faith has made him forgiven. He didn't say the four friends' faith made him forgiven. He said the four friends' faith made him whole, made him healed. But understand this. Jesus is very aggressive with God's forgiveness. Jesus is aggressive with his forgiveness. Now you say, well, I still don't answer my question. Why did he just say to the sick of Paul, see thy sins be forgiven? I think we can get the answer in verse 4. Verse 4 gives us the answer. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, whether think you evil in your hearts. Now, he's speaking to the scribes. Is it easier to say to the sick of palsy, uh, rise, get up, and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee? We'll deal with that in just a little bit. He's speaking to the scribes, but if he's speaking to the scribes, and he knew everything the scribes were thinking in their mind, verse 4, wherefore think you evil in your hearts, if he knows what the scribes are thinking then he must know what the paralyzed man is thinking. Come on. Catch this. Don't miss this. This man in his heart is thinking, and I don't presume to to read the mind of the sick of palsy. He's not even here right now, but, and it's not written down. But I know Jesus knew the thoughts of every person in that room. He knew the thoughts. He knew the heart. Not only did he know the, the thoughts of the scribes, he knew the heart because he said, These, there's evil in your heart. Why do you think there's evil in your heart? So if he could read the scribes, I guarantee you he could read the sick of palsy. 
And that sick of palsy going to his mind may be, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I need my sins forgiven. And maybe the Lord, and I think the Lord did, answered that prayer in his mind. Thy son, come on, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. See, we want to put restrictions on God's mercy. That's called legalism. We want to put rules on God's grace. And that's called religion. God can do what God wants to do. The man on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus Christ said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus was aggressive in forgiveness. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That guy on the cross didn't know the scriptures. He didn't know he'd never been baptized. He'd never done certain things. But Jesus knew his heart. And Jesus knew his mind. And I want you to know, Jesus knew this sick of palsy's heart, and he knew his mind. And when he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee, he met the need of this paralytic. He met the need of this one sick of palsy. He met the need, even though he didn't meet the friend's need, he met the man's need. He said to the sick of palsy, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Jesus Christ is aggressive with forgiveness. When you come to Jesus Christ and you say, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus doesn't say, say please. Well, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus doesn't say, say pretty please. Hello? He's aggressive with forgiveness. When I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me, he forgave me. No one could see it, but I knew it. Not only do I know it, I feel it, and it's confirmed in the Scripture. I'm a born-again child of God, saved by the power of God, because Jesus Christ is aggressive in the Father's forgiveness. And so when I read this chapter, I get a little shocked. But I, then when I stop and look at the way Jesus is moving, I understand that the grace, of, the grace of God is far larger and far bigger than any of us could comprehend. The last two verses of Romans chapter 5. Last two verses of Romans chapter 5. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace much more abound. Now, let me say, make a phrase here and under, so you can understand the Scripture more clearly. Moreover, the law entered. Why did it enter? Why did God give Moses the law? Why did God give the world the law? Because man was all screwed up before the law. Man was a killer. Man was a liar. Man was a thief. Man was sinning. Man's conscience was, was polluted with filth and iniquity. Man was vile. Before the law, man was vile. And so God says, I'm going to give them the law so that their vileness 
their sin will abound in their hearts, will abound in their minds. I'm going to flood them with the guilt of transgressing the law. I'm going to flood the world with the guilt of breaking the justice and the honesty and the purity of holy God. And when I flood them with guilt and condemnation through the law, now God doesn't do it, the law does it. We've seen the law smites us to the ground. So I'm going to put them in a position so that they can receive my provision. I'm going to put them in a position where they feel so guilty and sin that they'll receive my blessing, my atonement, my Savior. The law came, chapter 1 of John, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. Truth, the law is truth, but truth, God loves you despite the law. The law is perfect, but, and that's true, but truth is we're not, and we need a perfect Savior to redeem us and give us eternal life. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm preaching better than you're responding. But God sends the law so it floods our minds with condemnation, and then God sends Jesus Christ so it floods our hearts and our minds with the forgiveness, the majesty, the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of eternal God. Notice verse 21, that his sin hath reigned unto death, so even my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Jesus, so Paul is saying that law smites us down. We're convicted by the law, but the Lord Jesus Christ comes and redeems us and fulfills the law in our hearts by writing the law of God on our hearts and giving us a new life, a fresh life, a brand new walk with God life, forgiven and made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Y'all to shout hallelujah right there. Amen. So the readers are shocked. But Jesus is aggressive in forgiveness. Don't be so hard. Don't be so doubtful about God's love. Don't be so frustrated and doubtful about God's power. Don't be so doubtful and fearful about God's Son, Jesus Christ. Sure, sin smites us. Sure, sin condemns us to death. Sure, the wages of sin is death. But Jesus Christ, the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, 23. Amen. And so we look at this. And we see that to the readers, God, to the readers were shocked. We're shocked that God made it so available for us through the person of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, the scribes were shocked. The scribes were shocked. Look at verse 3. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth, blasphemeth. 
And Jesus knew their thoughts and said, is it easier to say, you knew their thoughts, the evil thoughts of their mind and their heart. And he said, is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee or rise, take up thy bed and walk. I want you to know the son of man has power on the earth to forgive sins. And then he turns to the sick of palsy and says, arise, take up thy bed and walk and go into your house. Isn't that beautiful? The scribes were shocked. Why were they shocked? They were shocked because they realized that Jesus Christ brought the people a word. The scribes brought them condemnation. The scribes brought them death. The scribes brought them the law of Moses. The scribes brought them the condemnation of the violation of the scriptures. But Jesus brought them a word that said, God loves you. God forgives you. God's an incredible God. I'm here. Jesus Christ, God is in me. I do nothing apart from my Father. God is in me, reconciling the world unto himself. And Jesus Christ says to them, to the sick of palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee. He gave that man a word. You're forgiven. Amen? You're forgiven. And the scribes were shocked because they realized the people didn't need a word of condemnation, a word of the law, although that fits in the scriptures, but they needed a word of forgiveness. They needed a word of forgiveness. They needed a word Life continues on in the presence of Jesus Christ. They needed a good word in the graveyard. They needed a good word when they were sick and, and down. They needed a good word when it looked like all hell was broke loose. You need a good word when you failed God. You stumbled trying to serve God. There's sin of, uh, of, of, of badgering your mind and your soul. You need a word. You need a word from God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You need a word. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But only God can do this. I can't forgive you of your sins. Only God can do this. By the way, I can't heal you. Only God can do this. Amen? I used to preach a sermon, How to Fill the House. Well, it's easy today to fill a house. Just, just make sure you feed everybody real good. Have lots of entertainment. Have plenty of things for the kiddies. Plenty of things of entertainment. Lots of great uh, concert and sell a few tickets and raise a little money. And you can pack a house pretty quick. But I don't want this house packed with, with packed because of food, although I love food. I don't want this house packed with, with gadgets and gimmicks to get people to come to church. Only God can pack this house with his presence, with his word. His word, his presence was there to heal them all. But you got people that can pack a house. They can pack a house with entertainment. They can pack a house with food. They can pack a house with with the unusual, they can pack a house with uh, a special activities, they can pack a house with, with ice cream show, uh, social, they can pack a house with a watermelon feast, they can pack a house with uh, a special services, they, 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 they can pack a house. But I want you to know, only Jesus Christ can pack this house with the contentment and the forgiveness of God. Only Jesus Christ, only, only God can do this. 
I want it to be the theme of our church the rest of this year and in the next year. Only God can do this. I look at all the things that God has done for us, and I have to say only God can do this. I see people saved and God moving, and I have to say only God can do this. And the world, the world needs a word of forgiveness. I said earlier that Jesus Christ is going to say something and do something only God can do. In this scripture, Jesus Christ is going to say something and do something that only God can do. Well, what he's going to say is, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And only God can do that. Now, I can say it on the authority of God's word, I can preach it that Jesus forgives sin. I can announce it. I can give a word to the people that God forgives when we turn our hearts to him and turn our lives to him. But only God can say your sins are forgiven. The scribes and Pharisees were right when they said only God can forgive sins. That was true. When they said this man blasphemeth, Yes, that's true if he was just a man, but he's not just a man. Jesus is God. And in these, there's something he's going to say, and there's something he's going to do is going to prove to us that Jesus Christ is God robed in flesh, that Jesus is God. The thing he's going to say is, your sins be forgiven. He's going to be aggressive with forgiveness, going to be, uh, going to be a blessing with forgiveness. And that's what Jesus Christ did. He said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Only God can say that. Only God can say your sins are forgiven. I'll come back to that in just a minute. And he's going to do something that only God can do. What is the only thing God can say? Your sins are forgiven. What is the only thing God can do? Only God can heal the sick. Only God can give eternal life. Only God can bring healing to your soul. Only God can take the band-aids off and give you a brand new life. Only God can do this. Amen. Jesus asked the question, which is easiest? Say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or rise, take up thy bed and walk. Which is the easiest? Say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or you're healed. Which is the easiest? Well, the first thing, he did is he said something that proved he was God. Thy sins are, for, are forgiven. He does something that proves he's God. Take up your bed and walk. He heals. So he, did, he said something and he'd done something that proved he was God. Which is the easiest? Is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven or Take up thy bed and walk. Immediately, most people in this room would say, well, the hardest part is obvious. Take up your bed and walk. Healing someone that's terminal, healing someone that's dying, healing one that uh, uh, we think that is the hardest thing. Not for God. God can do that in a word. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. God can do that in just a word. He can say to the sick of palsy, get up and walk. Your sins are forgiven. So the power of God, he can just say it and people will be healed. He can just say it and people's lives will be changed. Because God's power, his word delivers them. 
The Bible says he honors his name above his word. His name is majesty around us, pontifical in us, the mighty name of Jesus who is Lord. But what is the easiest one? Which one is easier? Say thy sins be forgiven thee or rise, take up thy bed and walk. I contend the hardest part was to say, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. That was the hardest part. Because in a word, Jesus can say, you're healed. God spoke the world into existence by the word of his power. God just speaks the word like a king, like a potentate of the universe. God just speaks the word and it's done. But when it came to salvation, the arm of the Lord has to be revealed in Isaiah 53. God had to roll up his sleeves and the bare arm of the Lord had to be revealed on the cross of Calvary. The bare arm of the Lord had to be revealed on that Golgotha's hill. Jesus Christ had to go to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood and agonize in death there on that cross of Calvary and be sacrificed for the sins of the world, die and put in a tomb and rise again from the grave. All that so you can hear the words you're forgiven. All that so you can hear the words you're forgiven. You see, God put the stars in the heavens with the work of his fingers. He just said, put one there, one there, one there, one there, one there, one there. He created the heavens and the earth. The phrase in chapter 1 of Genesis, and he created the stars also. Put one there, put one there, put one there, one there, one there. But when he made Adam, he came to earth. He formed Adam in the dust of the ground. He made Adam after his own image, after his own likeness. Not the image and likeness of God as the, as the Father, pure energy and pure spirit. But when he made Adam of the dust of the ground, he formed him in the image of Jesus Christ. That God one day would live in a man. Oh, come on, you're not hearing me. God one day would live in a man. God would give a man hands. God would live in that body that has hands that would touch the leper. God will live in that body that has lips and speak his word. God will live in that body that heals the sick, raises the dead. And God would die in that body on the cross of Calvary to shed his blood, agonize, die on the cross of Calvary. On that wicked, cruel cross, Jesus Christ suffered and died for the sins of the world, for the sins of many. Jesus Christ died and all that he did so he could say, your sins are forgiven. He did all that so that we would have all of this. Jesus Christ did all that so that we could have all of this. Only God can do this. Only God can make a man and live in that man. Only God can be born of a virgin Mary. Only God can.
can walk in Jesus Christ, talk in Jesus Christ. Only God can go to the cross, shed his blood. Only God can say to the sick of palsy, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Only God can say, sons, come on, man. Your sins are forgiven thee. Only God can say that. See, the Bible says that whatever sins you retain, they're retained. Whatever sins you remit, they're remitted. That don't mean we can forgive sins. I don't care if you wear a collar and you're hiding behind a curtain and confess me your sins, please. I thought about asking Chris to do that. Would you confess your sins to me, Chris? I would, but I don't have time. I'm not going to live that long. We have one mediator between us and God, the Father, the man Christ Jesus. Only God can forgive sins. Only Jesus Christ is our go-between. Only Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Only Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God. God robed in flesh. Only Jesus Christ can heal, forgive. Now, you can get together in a big auditorium and pretend some healing, put on a Uh, put on a show. You say, well, preacher, don't you believe in healing? Yes, I do. I believe some are healed and some are not. Many are not. But if we're trying to put it on as a show, not. Amen? God, you know, I guarantee you, the four men going up on the roof didn't say, would you hold that camera on my good side? Would you focus this in? We're going to put this on Jerusalem cable television. Zoom in now, and I'm going to show you what we're going to do. We're going to tear a brick off, and we're going to make you watch it all. And when they get down to my feet, I'm going to go, thy sins are forgiven thee. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Did you get my good sign? Now, there's preachers everywhere that's fallen into that false entertainment. God does heal. I've had people healed in our ministry. I've had people healed that couldn't walk in our ministry. I've had people that couldn't hear. And then I've had people that quit hearing in my ministry. I mean, God heals, but only God can heal. God forgives, but only God can forgive. And Jesus Christ did the ultimate sacrifice so he could forgive. Now, he could have healed everybody on the planet without going to the cross. He could have healed everybody on the planet without dying on the cross of Calvary. Why? Because he's God with the word. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. But it would have been a temporary healing and a temporary fame. But when he said, no, I'm going to march up Golgotha's hill. I'm going to lay my body down that God is throbbing in. They're going to put nails in my hands. They're going to put nail in my feet. They're going to beat me. Now, someone said, well, what about Matthew chapter 8? By his stripes ye are healed. And, you know, he spoke of it in Isaiah chapter 9. And then Peter spoke of it. True, true, there is atonement. In the cross and in the, in the beating of Jesus Christ. But I promise you, that healing comes through promise. But if God wants you healed, promise or no promise, God just speaks it and you're healed. 
You follow me? Now, Jesus Christ goes through all that. So now we have a gospel. Now we have the Bible. And now we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we, by the authority of God's word, can say, if you'll do this, this, and this, if you'll believe in Jesus, if you'll trust Jesus Christ, if you'll give your life to Christ, if you'll turn your mind, your heart to Christ, your sins will be forgiven. But only God can do that. But he gave us the Bible so that we can preach that. Now, I'm talking to someone right now. You are the world's worst human being on the planet Earth to try to convince you that you're forgiven. Now, if you've never given your heart to Christ, you've never heard the gospel, you've never responded to Jesus Christ, you've never yielded to Jesus Christ, your sins are not forgiven. According to the Scriptures, God knows your mind, He knows your heart, He reads it. But I want you to understand, God is aggressive. Jesus Christ is aggressive with forgiveness. He runs after you to forgive you. He searches for you to forgive you. He went to the cross so he can forgive you. Quit making it so hard for Jesus to say, thy sins be forgiven thee. The hard part's been done on Golgotha's hill. The hard part's been done in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The hard part's been done by Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The good part, the joyful part, that we rejoice with joy unspeakable, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The good part, the happy part. Woo! I'm a believer. I trust Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So the hardest part was Jesus saying your sins are forgiven. Because Jesus Christ is going to go to the cross so he can say that. Because if Jesus Christ had not went to the cross, had he not paid the sin debt, the man on the bed, thy sins be forgiven him, will still be sinful. He still would die in his sin. But he didn't die in his sin because Jesus went and paid the price on the cross. And he paid the price on the cross for you and I. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Quit being so bullheaded. God is aggressive to forgive you. God wants to forgive you. Quit letting your mind torture you. Quit letting your mind sidetrack you. Quit condemning yourself. Turn to Jesus Christ. He loves you. He cares for you. He paid your sin debt. Put your faith on the blood of Jesus Christ. Put your faith in the shed blood. Put your faith in the cross where Jesus died on the cross. Put your faith in the resurrected Savior. Lay hold of the Son of God and say, I trust him in the storm. I trust him in the trial. I trust him in every hard knock in life. I trust him with my sins. I trust him with my past. I trust him with my today. And I trust him with my tomorrow. And I trust him with my forever. I just preach my help, myself happy. See, you can go to heaven sick bodily. 
You can go to heaven with a sick body, but you can't go to heaven with a sick soul. When I pray for people to be healed, the first prayer I pray is, God, if they're not saved, Father, draw them, convict them, and please save them. And then I pray for their healing. But there are thousands of people that gather in coliseums everywhere, gather in big meetings everywhere, trying to see the show and the production. And they're all going to go to hell with Band-Aids on and Bengay rubbed all over them. There's going to be a lot of people go to hell deceived. Deceived. I guarantee you, you walk into this church, you'll never, ever be deceived. We will tell you the truth. No matter who preaches from this pulpit, we will tell you the truth. I, I'm not as tactful as some people, but I don't want to be. I want to be me. And the older I get, the more cantankerous I want to be. I want to get old and crusty and smelly and very blunt. You are. No one should ever open. Jerry, did you open the door for that jerk? Well, you didn't. Yeah, I'm open. I, I'm, I'm serious. And, and I think sometimes my kids cringe at some of the things I say until they listen to their mother, and then it's really another. <laughs> Joshua will say to Judy sometimes, his mom, tell us what you really think, mom. Well, you get her started. You get her started. She, she can tell you off and never use a cuss word, but you'll wish she beat you with a ball bat. You get her started. Shoot, she's more of an Aikens than I am, and she's a Johnson. I'm glad for Josh with his good word, powerful word. I love his ministry. I would love to retire. I'd love to sit out there and listen to Josh and go, Whoo, come on, man, preach it. But Josh is a great preacher. This building ain't big enough for him, I guarantee you. We're going to see some things happen in the future, and we're going to stand in awe and say, only God can do this. We, we started in a storefront building. Actually, we started in a Jehovah Witness building. That building heard more about Jesus in the first two weeks than it ever heard in its life. We were there less than a year, went to the square on the storefront building and square. There about a decade, and we come out here and build this new church. This church is about 18, 19 years old, this facility. But you look at this beautiful church, and you look at everything around you. We have so many things, the grand piano. The, we even got our freedom room with the drummer. Baptistry, sound equipment, the chandeliers, the, the church building is gorgeous. 
all made out of wood. And it's paid for. Only God can do this. We've got a shuttle out there. 15, I used to say 17,000 miles. I think Shane put two more thousand on it. 19,000 miles. Paid for. Everything that we have is paid for. Paid in full. Television broadcast, paid in full. YouTube ministry, almost 1,500 sermons on YouTube for this little church. Only God can do this. But see, I'm not looking for more to put on YouTube. I'm not looking for another shuttle, although we may look for another shuttle. Well, I'm not looking for uh, 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 to go into a debt with a building. I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. But I am looking for God to say to people, thy sins be forgiven thee. I'm looking for that. Now, if God wants to raise someone off a stretcher, hallelujah, I, am, I will thoroughly enjoy myself. And we'll pray for the sick, and we'll believe God to do that. But there's nothing more exhilarating than to see a lost person come to Jesus Christ. You can't see it, but you Christians need to learn to start believing it and feeling it because God saves sinners. And he's a great Savior, great Lord. Josh going to come bring a song. I'm glad you came this morning. Amen. Only God can do this. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So many things the Lord has done through our church. So much has happened. And only God can do this. And we're going to see more. And I, I, I believe we're going to see more in the next couple of years. And we're going to stand back and say, wow, only God can do this. I believe we're going to stand outside that tent, look at that tent and say, wow, only God can do this. I believe we're going to see great things. I'm believing, trusting that. And we just want to believe God for healing, yes, but mostly we want the Father to move. I preached a sermon down in Purdy, I think it was, in Revival. And I said, a lot of Pentecostals spend all their time saying, we want the Holy Ghost to move. We want the Holy Ghost to move. So do I. We want Jesus to move. So do I. But where we miss it is we need the Father to move. That's right. Because the Father has to convict people and draw them to the Son. The Father has to choose them and draw them to the Son. So we need to move with the Father. Stand with me. We're giving an invitation. <laughs>